What's good for Joe Biden isn't good for you. Janet Yellen just blows up another Biden narrative when it comes to inflation. And I was, wasn't going to talk about this, but Pramila Jayapal brought it up. So what the hell? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Mine really sucked. I don't want to even talk about it. We've got some stories we've got to get into, so let's do that. Let's get, the first one is a fun one. Usually it's a pretty, weekends are typically pretty slow because Joe Biden, again, was in Delaware. He is, seems to constantly be in Delaware. I don't know why no one calls him out on this. The guy takes, the guy is in Delaware every weekend. Do things not happen during the weekend? Anyway. According to the USAspending.gov, $456,548 was contracted to a company called Turnstone Holdings, LLC, to build a security offense around the address of 32 Fairview, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, Delaware. The contract started September 21st and is expected to be complete by December 31st. Huh. The contract was signed by the Department of Homeland Security on behalf of the Secret Service. Any questions who that big, nice security fence is going to be for? Yep, this is going to be for Joe Biden's Delaware Beach House. Why a politician, by the way, why a politician who's been in office for over 50 years and has been on a fixed income has a beach house? I don't know. Uh, I, I wish people would ask these questions because they never do. And I think these are kind of important. The New York Post, uh, which broke the story, couldn't actually uh, come up with anything else. They did contact the Secret Service and the Department of Homeland Security, but uh, they couldn't really get any information because they don't talk about how they deal with security. Now, what's really ironic with this whole thing is that there are now hundreds of millions of dollars of fencing that was purchased by the Trump administration for building a wall on the southern border. That one was canceled by Joe Biden, even though it was already paid for. I mean, the it was paid for already. We're still paying for it, as a matter of fact. I think it's up to, it's between one and five million dollars a month. We're paying these companies to not do anything. Wasted money we could have used somewhere else. Maybe it would have even helped the illegal alien crisis that we seem to be having. But at least our better, our betters, the elite, they'll be safe. We don't need police, mind you. We don't need walls or we don't need fences or anything like that. We don't need guns. We don't need any way to protect ourselves because we don't matter. We're just widgets to be used by the government for what they see. Isn't that, doesn't that just make you feel great? By the way, on the news of that, uh, it's the end of October and we have already passed the record for the number of illegal aliens captured at the border. After the numbers came out last month, 194,000 more illegal aliens crossed the border. 
that is down from the 204 and 210,000 the two prior months. By the way, they're they're saying that um, that's a good trend. That Biden's plans are actually working because the um, illegal immigrant crisis has gone from 210 to 204. I think it was 206 to 194,000 a month. Now, mind you, at this time last year, 36,000 a month crossed. That was it. That was it. Now, let's do some math because I know I shouldn't like math, but I do. So let's do some math. If we are averaging, let's say, 190000 a month, let's just say we have 190000 across this month, November, and December. By the way, they are expecting that we could actually have close to 400000 crossing this month because there is a glut of illegal aliens coming up right now from Central and South America. Those Haitians, yeah, they're all coming up right now. So if we do the math by year end, by December 31st, we are looking at 2.3 million illegal aliens caught at our border this year. Think about that for a second. 2.3 million at Trump's worst year. He was still under a million. But none of this will affect the elite. They're getting their fences. They've got their armed security guards. They've got police. They don't need to worry. They'll be fine. Wow. I, it just amazes me that Joe Biden, the, the contradiction, and also tells you that these people are BSing us. Oh no, walls don't work. Walls don't well, Why are you building one then? Nancy Pelosi has a, a 10-foot wall around her place. Have you seen the vice presidential state? It's got a wall all the way around, got a big fence all the way around it. It's amazing how these folks keep saying, no, you know, none of that stuff is true. It doesn't work. The walls don't work. We'll stick a drone out there or something or stick a camera and that'll stop illegal aliens from coming over. Well, guess what? It's not stopping illegal aliens from coming over. So I thought that was kind of a fun story. Another one, uh, and this this is actually an Afghanistan update, because we can't forget about Afghanistan. The country has forgotten about Afghanistan already. It took about two weeks before Afghanistan was not even a story anymore. Dave Chappelle's comedy special where he said men are men and women are women, that controversy lasted for three weeks, and is still going on. You notice I didn't talk about it? Because I just don't care. I don't think that's really much of a story. But Afghanistan, done after after two weeks. So, I, I'm, I really had to look this one up, and thank God for the New York Post again. I actually found this by accident. I didn't really look it up. I, I just found it by accident. Um, one thing that I hate to tell you, is I told you so. But I told you so. One thing that I've learned from terrorists in the last 10-15 years is those guys treat social media media like 15-year-old girls. So they go out there, they torture a dog, they hang a body, they decapitate someone. What's the first thing they typically do? They throw it on social media. No kidding. 
Yes, the same social media that Donald Trump was kicked off on permanently will typically get a taste of their of a Taliban cutting off somebody's head. That's what's happened already. It's already happening. They're already posting this stuff. A lot of it's posted to Afghani uh, social media, which I didn't even know they had a computer over there, but okay. So according to the New York Post, quote, an Afghan volleyball player on the girls' national team was beheaded by the Taliban with gruesome photos of her severed head posted on social media, according to her coach. Mahijib Hakimi, one of the best players in Kabul Municipality Volleyball Club, was slaughtered in the capital city of Kabul as troops searched for female sports players, her coach told the Persian Independent. She was killed earlier this month, but her death remained mostly hidden because her family had been threatened not to talk. Well, I mean, if they didn't, if the Taliban didn't want her to talk about them cutting off her, their daughter's head, maybe they shouldn't have posted on a, on an Afghani. I, I'm not sure where they posted this thing. I think it was mentioned. Yeah, Afghan social media. It was mentioned. Don't post it on social media. Anyway. But her death remained mostly hidden because her family had been threatened not to talk, claimed this coach, using the pseudonym Sarayi Afzali, due to safety fears. I don't know why I attempted to try and pronounce that, because it's not even his name. Images of Hakimi's severed neck were published on Afghan social media, according to the paper, which did not say how old she was. Now, they do have pictures of her. She looks like she was probably 16 years old, maybe 17 years old. And she was killed, not because she did anything or said anything or wouldn't wear a burqa or whatever. She was killed because she's an athlete. Apparently, the Taliban doesn't like girls who play sports. And they are going out and actively hunting them now. Now, that shouldn't be surprised that the Taliban doesn't like sports. There was a video that went out in August when they had taken over Kabul of them inside of a gym, and those guys looked like, yeah, those guys did not look like uh, the world-class athletes we think they are. As a matter of fact, looking at how they worked out in the gym, it's not a wonder we kept 1,500 troops in the country and they wouldn't attack. They looked absolutely terrible. Families are now burning their sports equipment as the Taliban continues to go from house to house, searching for dissidents. They're still doing that. Because they don't want any information, uh, they don't want any clue left that says that they've got an athletic girl. Because chances are they're going to be killed. All of this, folks, I've been saying, it's going to get worse. And I'm sure, I talk, I talk to people, right? And I, they all say the same thing. This is going to get far worse before it gets better. We're going to see more of this crap as time goes by. And it's going to be on our social media. It's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on Instagram. It's going to be on YouTube. All that is coming. No matter how fast Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram try and pull that crap off, it's never going to be fast enough. What's ironic is that Joe Biden, who abandoned 19 million woman, women in Afghanistan who were threatened by these freaking barbarians, is now has now released his gender strategy policy. Isn't that awesome? Maybe I don't know is 
I'm pretty sure rape isn't part of your gender policy, but your policy is exactly what is going to cause the rape of thousands of women in Afghanistan. I can't believe the timing of this organization is terrible. Because one story comes out and they're already posting something that basically contradicts the story, their narrative that they're trying to establish. So um, the White House released released a, a press brief, and I'll read you a little bit of it. Quote, President Biden and Vice President Harris believe that advancing gender equity and equality is fundamental to every individual's economic security, safety, health, and ability to exercise their most basic rights. I hate that term equity because equity means you're going to take from people who have money and you're going to give it to people who don't. And typically people who don't have money, they don't have money because they are limited as far as capacity goes or they've made some really bad decisions. So whenever I see equity... Right off the bat, and this is in the first 10 words, a red flag comes up. Continuing, it also it is also essential to economic growth and development. Okay, I already said that. Ensuring that all people, regardless of gender, have the opportunity to realize their full potential is, therefore, both a moral and strategic imperative. Yet no country in the world has achieved gender equality, and we are at an inflection point. The COVID-19 pandemic has fueled a health crisis, an economic crisis, and a caregiving crisis that have magnified the challenges that women and girls, especially women and girls of color, have long faced. In other words, <coughs> COVID-19 has given us, give us, given us an excuse to do this crap. That's essentially what that's saying. By the way, most, women in most people in colleges are women. It has also exasperated, exacerbated a shadow pandemic, and that's in quotes, of gender-based violence in the United States and around the world. These overlapping crises have underscored that, for far too long, the status quo has left too many behind. Now, I didn't read all of this. I read, I read you know, a couple of parts, but this is essentially what they're going to try to actually fix. Here's, their, here's where their strategy is going to focus on. Economic security, gender-based violence. By the way, gender-based violence is already illegal. And economic security, you're never going to achieve. That's something that's just never... It, people are going to be poor. The war on poverty, um, the great society, all, everything that they did to try and end poverty has never worked. This won't work either. Health, education, you know, I guess education means critical race theory, justice and immigration. Now, what does justice, what does immigration have to do with gender, with a gender strategy? I don't know. Human rights and equality under the law. Now, technically, we should already have that. It's actually part of the Constitution, but we don't. As a matter of fact, I'll say we don't have equality under the law because if you're a white man, you are screwed. If you're a white woman, you're not as screwed as much as the white man, but you're up there. And I'm sorry, a straight white man. If you're a black woman, you're in heaven. If you're, a oh God, if you're black and transgender, my Lord, they're never going to throw you in jail. I'm reading a great book right now called San Francisco. 
Okay, and basically it talks about the homelessness problem and why leftist cities actually continue to create an environment where homelessness is embraced. Now, and this guy, his name is, I'm going to look up the book here, Michael Schellenberger. He is not a conservative. I, I saw Michael Schellenberger in the... Uh, in the on Fox News one day, he's actually a progressive. He's a left. He's not a leftist. He is a uh, liberal Democrat. So he will listen to excuses and he will look into things and he will make decisions and he will argue. But he's not one of these guys that says, "Okay, leftists and progressives, you got it." He does. He does mix leftism and progressivism. He does see kind of a difference between the two. And he does break them up. For example, the district attorney in San Francisco, a guy named Bourdine, he sees that guy as a leftist, but he sees the city as progressive. So there is a difference. I mean, progressive is only a spit from a leftist. But he talks about this whole thing of human rights and equality under the law. And this is the one of the reasons leftist cities have huge homelessness problems. Because they believe that being homeless is a right. It's an equal right. You need to be treated under the law. And then he goes a step further and he says, well, not only is it an equal right, but these people, they deserve to do whatever they want. In other words, no equality under the law because they're victims of society and that's why they're homeless. Later in the book, near the end, you hear that you know most of these people... They, a lot, not most, excuse me, let me, let me be clear with my words. A lot of these people just want to be on the streets. A lot of people chose to be on the streets. There are some who haven't. For example, I lost my job, I lost my, but even the drug addicted will say that, no, I just choose to be out here. That's, you know, my rights to be able to walk out of my store, out of my property, and not step on human crap is outweighed by the rights of the homeless person to crap there. Me owning a store is not a crime, but the guy crapping in front of my store, that is a crime, but they're not getting prosecuted for it. So human rights and equality under the law, got to be careful of that because the Democrats, they're going against all of this stuff. And what they see as human rights, they're not rights at all. It's actually cruel. Security and human t- human humanitarian relief. I this one's an interesting one. Humanitarian relief. The first thing I thought of is Afghanistan. Now remember, Afghanistan just said that they were not going to help us with terrorists. They weren't going to. The women were going to do whatever they told them to do, and that was it. And what's uh, Biden administration doing? They're sending them money for humanitarian relief, and I put that in air quotes. Meanwhile, what's going to happen? Right. Taliban is just going to take that money. Nobody's going to see that money. Climate change. Yes, gender equality and gender strategy involves climate change. I don't know, but that is the religion. Science and technology. This is coming from a group that believes men can be women and women can be men. Men can get pregnant. Men can have periods. Uh, Yeah, no. Democracy, participation, and leadership. I don't even know what that that even means. I have no idea what that means. 
Um, it, it also mentioned that they were going to take an intersectional approach. Now, I had mentioned this earlier. They're going to take an intersectional approach to this, which means there's 60 genders and stuff, right? There's 60 genders. And then you combine race within the genders because they did mention people of color in the starting opening statement, which means a white woman not going to be as, as, as important as a black trans woman. Right? That's just not going to happen. And God forbid if you are a Native American trans woman. My Lord, you've hit the jackpot. You'll be pre the next president of the United States. I bet the 19 million women in Afghanistan are going to be thrilled with this new strategy. Just absolutely incredible. I mean, with all the crap that's going on, is this really something you should be publishing? How out of touch is the Biden administration? that this is something that you've decided to publish. I don't quite understand. He's got some major issues coming up because, hey, December is coming quick. And if he doesn't get any of these bills passed before December, it's going to be an absolute nightmare for him next year. Okay, in our next story, maybe the last story, because I think I'm going to have to keep the Jayapal story till tomorrow. Uh, Jen Psaki is going to have some tough questions today, today during her press conference. Um, that's because Jen Yellen went on CNN with Jake Tapper and absolutely blew out the narrative about inflation. So she sat back and Jake Tapper asked her, okay, so what are you expecting? When do you think this inflation thing is going to kind of level off? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Biden administration was not is not going to be thrilled with her response. And of course, Americans haven't seen um, inflation like we've experienced recently in a long time. Yeah, because this rising inflation is hitting Americans while it's hard, impacting everything from gas prices to groceries. When do you expect the inflation to get back to the you know two percent range, which is considered normal? 2022, 2023, when? Well, I expect that to happen next year. Um, monthly rates of inflation have already fallen substantially from the very high rates that we saw in the spring and early summer. Um, on a 12-month basis, the inflation rate um, will remain high uh, into next year because of what's already happened. But uh, I expect improvement uh by the end of by the middle to end of next year second second half of next year second half of 2022 yeah um this is not going to play well with the biden administration okay some things uh she mentions that oh you know monthly rates have inflation has actually fallen not unlike what it was in spring and and early summer baloney uh, the inflation rate has been averaging 5.4%. It was 5.4% last month. The month before, in September, it was the only month that it fell to a, under 5%. But even then, I believe it was 46 to 4.8%. It still was not really all that low. It's still over double what it should be. So, she's lying here. It is not... We have been consistently at 5.4% inflation since since probably spring. Yellen blew the administration out of the water with this and 
there is going to be a lot of blowback here. Um, I, yeah, like I said, uh, Jen Psaki, she's going to get a bunch of questions. First off, the entire time the Biden administration has been saying, this inflation is transitory, it'll end by the first quarter of next year or by the end of this year. Nope, now we're seeing it's not transitory. Now, mind you, economists have said it's not transitory. Economists have said a lot of the 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 way the rates of the um, increases in prices they're not going to go away. You're going to see that this is just the way it is. It's going to raise to a certain point and then might lower a little bit, but this is permanent that we're looking at. This is kind of a scary thing. You're paying four dollars for a gallon of milk. Guess what? You're probably going to be paying. It might go down to three ninety. It's it, but it's going to stay very high. I don't know what milk costs. I'm lactose intolerant. But it's not going to go away. And now she's saying, we're going to have this continued increase in inflation till the last quarter of next year? My expectation is she's not going to be here in the last quarter of next year. So she'll just throw that out there and then she'll be gone. So all this transitory, this inflation is transitory, it's going to go away. Yeah, that's crap. But Janet Yellen said something worse, said something that really bothers me, said something that should bother everyone, especially if you own a house or a car or anything like this. She wants to ta tax unrealized gains. This is huge. Probably unconstitutional, a little foreshadowing there. But let's listen to what she said about that. Well, um, I think what's under consideration is a proposal that... Uh, Senator Wyden and the Senate Finance Committee have been looking at that would um, impose um, a tax on unrealized capital gains um, on liquid assets held by extremely wealthy individuals, billionaires. Um, I wouldn't call that a wealth tax, but um, it would help get at uh, capital gains, which um, are an extraordinarily large part of the incomes of the wealthiest individuals. And uh, right now, uh, escape taxation, uh, until they're realized and often they're unrealized and at death, uh, benefit from uh, so-called step-up of basis. So it's not a wealth tax, but um, a tax on unrealized capital gains of exceptionally wealthy individuals. Okay, she's lying. This is a wealth tax. If you are paying based a tax based on your wealth, I, I heard 1%, 2%, that's what they're talking about. That's a wealth tax. You're not paying based off your income. You're paying based off your value. We need to remember something. Um, they, you keep hearing the wealthy don't pay their fair share. Well, they don't pay their fair share. Well, no, they do. They pay their fair share based on income through income tax. And by the way, remember that. Where, where it is, and this is why I hate that word equity, is their wealth is not equitable, so therefore they don't pay their fair share. P the government, especially leftist Democrats, want to take away their wealth, what they're worth. 
You got to remember, many CEOs around the country make a minimal salary. They get a lot of stuff through stocks and bonds. Stocks and bonds are not cash. They're not liquid. That's what she's talking about. They're unrealized capital gains, which, by the way, is a contradiction. Capital gains is when I take a house, I sell it, I make $500,000. I got to pay tax on that $500,000 because that now has become gains income. All right. If I get stocks and bonds, um, I'm, I don't have any realized income. I actually, I may be worth more, but that doesn't mean that I actually have the cash to give. Ben Shapiro made a great analogy on this today. He actually sat back and said, imagine if you are a person that owns a business that is worth $2 billion, okay? And you give yourself a $5 million a year salary. He goes, that $2 billion, you would owe $40 million a year because you own the business. You buy stocks and bonds, you have stocks and bonds so you can control the business, but it's not a publicly traded company. And these are stocks and bonds that you stocks that you just can't trade out real easily because it's not a publicly traded company. That means that individual would earn $40 million a year when in his bank he only has $15 million over three years. And they want to do it from before. So they want to say $2 billion. So if that company is worth, two, I don't, can't remember if this was worth $2 billion or $5 billion, but you get the idea. Okay, that person would have to spend at 2% tax on his wealth. He'd have to spend $40 million when he only has $15 million of actual liquid wealth. Do you see the problem with this whole thing? He'd ha basically have to sell part of his company to be able to pay the taxes. This is a huge problem. And here's the thing. It's your wealth is also, and I'm saying your wealth right now. I'm saying your wealth, my wealth. Your wealth is made up of your house on its current value. Your car or cars. Your 401k. Can you imagine having to pay taxes on all that? You're not making money on your 401k. You're putting money, you're investing into your 401k. You're investing into your house. But now what they're saying is they can tax you on your house. Now, I know that she said that this is only going to apply to billionaires. First thing you need to do, and I've always said this, apply the give a mouse a cookie uh, principle. Where is this actually going? Here's the reality. The reality is this $3.5 trillion reconciliation plan they're planning, which is actually going to be between $5 and $6 trillion, if the infrastructure bill goes around, goes with it. If it goes with it, it's going to be almost $7 trillion. Yeah, there's no money in the country that's going to cover that. Do you really think for a second that this isn't going to apply to everybody? It will eventually, because they're going to run out of money. They're going to run out of money. They can't pay that much money, even over 10 years. And that reconciliation plan, they say, oh, it's zero, zero percent. They haven't even got the money paid for the first 10 years. The tax plan that they actually have implemented covers that bill 
for 14 years, which means they will be paying that bill off four years after the bill has completed. And that assumes that nothing else gets continued after that. So this is going to hit all of us eventually. It will. I have no doubt about it. Give a mouse a cookie. It'll want a glass of milk. This is what's going to happen. They start it and they say, we're only going to charge those people. And then it's suddenly, well, we're going to, it's only going to be people who want billions. And then it's going to be, oh, 100 million. Then it's going to drop down to what you're making. It, that's how it works. This is scary because I read the Gulag Archipelago. The Soviet Union started doing the same thing where they taxed your wealth. And eventually they came and they stole it physically came and stole your wealth. You had gold buried underneath your thing, they would come and steal it. That is exactly what the government is doing right now. They're already on this path of the Soviet Union. It's actually quite scary. You also want, want any reason to believe it's not temporary? Why is it that the government wants the IRS to look in on any accounts over a transaction of $600? Why not? 6,000, 60,000, 600,000. Why 600? That's 90 to 95% of the people in this country who use banks. I mean, that's your rent. You Let's just say you live in a, a one-bedroom apartment for $1,300 a month in California, which, by the way, if you have an apartment in California for $1,300 a month, you're doing really well. Okay, that's a transaction that they're going to analyze and determine if they're audit. It's like a permanent audit. Why That might be pulled out of the bill, by the way. But the reality is, why do they want to do that? Why? Because this is going to end up being about all of us. It's not just the billionaires they're going to be paying. Because here's the reality. The billionaires know how to deal with the tax system, and they're going to deal with the tax system. As much as a lot of people hate billionaires, the reality is the reason they don't, quote, pay their fair share, end quote, is because the laws that are created, they know how to use them, go around them, invest correctly so they're not taxable. That should be something we should be learning from, not being pissed off about. So you think they're not coming for you? Ah, uh, you just wait. Now, here's the problem. Um, this is probably unconstitutional. Okay. The Democrats, one of the reasons that Yellen in this, in this piece is saying that this is not a wealth tax, when it clearly is, that's just an absolute lie, is because wealth taxes are illegal. It's considered double taxing. Okay, especially you're now placing a tax on somebody that doesn't even have that money. That's illegal. You can't do that. It's against the Constitution. That's one reason. The second reason it's against the Constitution is because the wealth tax is double taxing. So I have to pay, I have to pay a tax on my income. I use that income to buy a house and now you're going to tax me on the value of the house? That's what a wealth tax does. And that's what this wealth tax does. I'm being taxed. My income is being taxed twice. That's illegal. It's in the Constitution. Income tax is in... There had to... Before the United States government could do an income tax, they had to add 
an amendment to the Constitution that said the government could do an income tax. And then the reality is the income tax started in about 19, it was 1890s, 1900, right around there. It was supposed to be temporary. It wasn't supposed to be permanent. Now they're trying to sneak this in. Be prepared. Be prepared right now. This, If this goes through, and they're trying to put it in the bill now, and Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, I hope they hold strong, but they seem kind of curious about this one. This will be in the Supreme Court, and it will be in the Supreme Court multiple times, and it will be the billionaires and the big business that actually goes after it. Because, hey, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want to lose Facebook. Maybe he does, I don't know. But a lot of these people, they don't want to lose their businesses. And the reality is if they have to pay based on wealth, they're going to have to sell parts of their business to be able to make this. Be prepared for more if this goes through. And I don't think it will. I don't think this is something we're going to have to worry about in the near future. But this is going to be a very dangerous and very questionably legal uh, tax. So we'll have to see. All right, so I was seven minutes over. We're not going to get to uh, the other story. We'll do that one tomorrow, the one with um, with uh, Jayapal, because it's it was a story that I had actually last week, and I added Jayapal's comments because she's an idiot, and she decided to say something this weekend that was just completely asinine. I was actually going to skip this story, but I decided not to because she said she opened her big mouth. So let's talk about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Hope you guys have a great day. I'm preparing for some rain in California, uh, so it's going to get cold. Visit my site at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I know I've got a couple of links in there. They're not quite developed yet. I'm still working on them. Have a great day. This is Gene. You listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>